<laughs> All right. Well, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We thank you for Jesus. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the life that you've given us in Jesus Christ. We thank you that we have new life, Father. We thank you that we now have your nature and your life, and we have a victorious life in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you that you provided all of that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for Jesus' obedience to the cross. We thank you for your plan of salvation. Thank you that we're in your family and that we're your children. Father, we thank you for this word tonight and it come forth by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit tonight comes to bring revelation. Comes to bring revelation in your word, that your word be sown and not into our heads, but into our hearts, Lord, that we will never be the same again and that, that we will be able to live from the recreated spirit where you placed all of the blessings. So we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You all agree with that? Amen. Amen. Somebody got some static in your phone, please star six your phone. Star six will take the static at, and you can still hear. Don't just mute your phone. Star six is to mute it, because if you mute it, if I have... If I have if I mute the line, you won't be able to get back in, all right? But if you know you got static or background noise, just start six and mute your phone. You'll still be able to hear it, still be able to participate. If you got a comment or, or a question, more importantly, then you just start six, ask your question, and we'll do the best we can to answer it. If we can't answer it tonight, we'll get you an answer. We'll get the right answer, too, all right? Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Crystal clear now. Praise God. Well, we're gonna. Uh, I want to look at a couple of things tonight. I'm gonna go over to the. We're gonna be over. Start over in the book of Psalms, in the book of Psalms, chapter 34. And I'm gonna do some reading. Uh, I was studying this this morning in the wee hours of the morning, and I saw some things in here today that every believer. I feel like every believer, and this is a part of us. I'm gonna actually minister on this too soon. Uh, on and during our righteousness teaching, we're doing a series on righteousness now. But um, I want to I want to point out these things tonight, some things tonight, so that so that um, because we, we we you know Paul, the apostle Paul, was saying that we need to mature in righteousness. All this other stuff, none of this other stuff matters if we don't if you don't understand your righteousness, you'll never exercise your faith towards God. Amen. So you must understand, in order for you to get a very good understanding of who you are, you have to have some idea what righteousness is and what is righteousness. What does it mean to be righteous? We were made righteous through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be righteous? It means that God no longer has his back to us. It means that it's no longer a veil that we're in Christ Jesus. And then through Christ Jesus, we have access to the throne room. You know, when Moses saw the father, he saw the burning bush, and, and, and then also when he saw the, when he saw God, he, had, he could only see his back parts. He couldn't see him face to face. But now today we can stand because we have his life and nature on the inside of us. Now we can stand before him, our spirit, and then through Jesus Christ, we can stand in the throne room. We can stand before the father as children, as his sons and daughters as his children, as his family. Moses was called a friend. 
Moses was called the servant. Moses was called uh, was called God. Um, you know, those people during that period of time were called God's people. We're called God's children. We're in His family. We should be so happy that. So righteous means that we now righteousness means that we are righteous. We have His life and nature. That we can stand in the presence of our Father. We can stand before Him without a sense of guilt without a sin consciousness, without a sense of fear, without a sense of inferiority, all right? We can stand there as children the same way we all stand before our parents where there's no barrier, where there's no, no more veil. The veil's been rent from top to bottom. It's been removed. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're going to take a look at what this means. We're, we're in Psalms. I want to read Psalms 34. We're going to go some other places, but right now I want to point out some very, very, very important things because there's so many believers that are in trouble and they don't even realize it. They don't have to be. Anyway, I'm going to start off reading. I'm going to read this chapter, and then we're going to get into some discussion about particular uh, particular verses. And, and verse 1 says, I oh, – oh, before we do that, I'm sorry. We didn't give the testimony. I want to give the testimony. Yeah, exactly. All right, watch this now. Oh, listen to this. We've had two reports of people, and both of these people are 80-plus years old. We have two reports of people who had cancer. One happened to be my brother-in-law, who was down in Raleigh in the hospital. He had, he had lung cancer. Uh, he got a report that they can't find any cancer in his body. There's no, more, there's, there's no more cancer in his body. Yeah, that's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And these are people that we've been believing and praying for. As a matter of fact, we prayed for him on this call. I don't know if we prayed for this other lady on this call, but I know we we prayed for them. My granddaughters, uh, my oldest granddaughter's uh, aunt on her mom's side, and she's, I think she's 80 or close to it. Anyway, she's older, and she got a report of cancer, and she was supposed to be leaving us within the next, I think, uh, I think it was a month, for the next two to three months that the doctors gave her a couple of months to live. Well, she got a report. There's no more cancer in her body. Amen. Praise God. No more. Do it. No more cancer. Thank you. Okay, and and so that, yeah, that's right. That there's so much to be thankful for, and we're getting these kind of reports from other people, other people that we speak life over, we pray for, even on this call, folks uh, that we pray for, folks on this call, and God is. Responding because when we pray, we don't think about it anymore. See, Amen. you know the scripture that the scripture says the prayers of the righteous avail of the prayers of a righteous man avails much. Amen. So instead of us receiving these, I don't receive cancer or cancer report for you or for anybody else. I'll never receive it. And and I'm sure you won't either because the first thing when somebody says sickness is disease or cancer, I'm sure when, when your body comes under attack or any kind of sickness, you say, I'm healed. 
If those aren't your words, then you just, you know, you're going you're gonna to have a good old time, or not so good old time. All right, let's look at Psalms chapter 34 and verse 1. Thank God we get to share that. I hope you're all excited about that. Uh, and Psalms 34 verse 1. Watch this now. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It didn't say sometimes. It didn't say sometimes. I will bless the Lord. To bless somebody is to speak well of them. It's to speak good over them. I will make my profession of the Lord is he is who he says he is. And I will... That will be in my mouth at all times. I will praise him continually in my mouth. What do you mean, Pastor? I will praise him over everything. I will praise him over lack of money. I won't declare I got that problem. I will praise him over sickness and disease. I will praise him over contention. I will praise him over every evil thing. Hallelujah. I will praise him. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear and be glad. Watch this. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name. Exalt his name over what? To exalt something means you raise his name above what? Everything. Everything. Amen. Amen. I exalt his name. There's this song we sing in church. It's called I Exalt Thee. And people just sing that song and sing that song, and they have no idea what they're singing. I exalt him over problems in my life, problems in my marriage, circumstances, situations, because here's the thing. When I step out of that realm... And into the realm where I exalt him, when I'm exalting him above everything, I'm stepping over into the realm where he is. I'm waiting for somebody to get that. Amen. Amen. Verse 4 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all of my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried, and the Lord heard and saved him out of, not some of them, but all of his trouble. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivers them. He delivers us. We have angels. Every believer has angels encamped about them. If you trust God, you see the justice by faith. We're talking about righteous people here. Righteous and just are the same word, the same meaning, same thing. We're the just, we're the righteous. And there are angels that are kept about us as we speak God's word, as we trust him. He means that no harm is going to come to us. Amen. The angel, yeah. the angel of the Lord, yes, the angel of the Lord and camp round about them that fear him and deliver him. Fear him not as being afraid. But do you know, to reverence the Lord, 
fear, this word fear means to reverence him. And to reverence him, when I'll tell you, to really reverence God properly is you reverence him. And when you, when you, when you think of him, you, you think of how mighty and how powerful and how loving he is. You think about how much he loves you. And the more you understand how much you more you understand how much he loves you, the more you'll begin to love him and trust him. We love him because he first loved us. So it's important for us to reverence him to understand how much he loves us and how much power he has to back us to help us to live in who we become. Mm, my goodness. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them. Let me read this again. And, and uh, about them that fear him or reverence him and, and deliver them. He delivers everybody. We're always delivered. Amen. And it says, Verse 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And blessed is the man that that trusts in him. That trusts in him. That don't look at natural circumstances and situations. Let me tell you something. This natural life is impotent. It's full of impotency. There's no strength and no power in it. Only that which a man can yield which is absolutely nothing in the realm of the spirit. Amen? Amen. And it says, it says here, oh, yes, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. And it says, oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. This is why I knew this was a new this this was a prop this was prophecy for the New Testament. Oh, fear the Lord, reverence him, fear him, love him, reverence him, you saints. For there is no want there is no want to them that fear him. Whatever you want right now, receive it. Amen. He just told you there is no want Thank you, Lord. to them that fear. Do not look at your checkbook. Amen. Don't consider how bad you may feel in your body right now. Amen, amen. Thank you, Father. Don't consider what the doctor said. Amen. Can God lie? No. What did he say? Let's look at it again. He says, oh, fear the Lord. Reverence him. Put your focus on him. Look at him. And all of his power and his might and dominion, you his saints, you're his saints. But there is no want to them that fear him. Can he lie? No, he can't lie. Amen. And it says here, the young lions, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want of any good. It says thing in italics, but that's fine. You shall not you shall not want any good. Because it's already yours. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Come ye children and hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. 
What man is he that desires life and loveth many days that he may see good? Now, this verse right here, I'm going to come back to it, but I want you to see this. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. And his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their trouble. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of how many? All of them. All of them. The two righteous people was delivered out of their trouble. They had a cancer diagnosis. One of them was told they didn't have more than a couple of months to live, but now they can't find that thing that was supposed to take them out. What cousin? Amen. Oh. I got a, I got I got my cousin down, my niece down in Texas. She's another one. Man, the doctor said put her. They wanted to put her in hospice. They wanted to take off the machine. <laughs> that girl is rocking and rolling right now. Glory be to God. Hallelujah! Won't he do That's it? That's the third one. I forgot all about her. She's about to go home and so soon. I mean, you know, they, they got her in rehab to get her stronger and everything. Her listen. She was on dialysis. Her kidneys, they said that she would she would need dialysis the rest of her life. Guess what? No dialysis. Her kidneys her kidneys are fully functioning. They don't understand it. They had these they had on the life support system. They wanted they doctors get they were getting mad. one doctor got mad at my at my niece and nephew down there saying you know, and one of my other nieces went down from New York and got right in them doctor's case. This girl is up and I mean, she's she's healing. She's on, she's healed. This is why we believe it. We believe because God said it, but when we see it, we're not surprised. We're excited, but we're not surprised because all we see is God backing his word. With his power. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, he keepeth all his bones and not one of them is broken. And that's a type and shadow. Evil shall they slay. I mean, evil shall slay the wicked. And they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servant. And none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. If you trust God, you'll never be desolate. You'll never be without. You'll always have every good thing you will ever want, every every good thing you need. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I want to show you something. I want you to go back to I want you to go back to verse thirteen. I want somebody else to read that for me. Verse thirteen. I'm gonna spend a little time here. Please, 3413. Somebody read that for me. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. So I was reading that. 
this morning, I said, okay, well, let me study this out. And the first word I looked up was guile, guile, and it refers, and this is, and when I, whenever you study the word, you can't just study the word and go do a word search in, in the English dictionary because you're not going to get <clears throat> the true biblical meaning. Uh, so you have to, in the Old Testament, I always study it out from a Hebrew, concord, a Hebrew uh, concordance. In the New Testament, I study it from a Greek concordance. And when I look this word guile up, it means, now it says fraud, deceit, and falsely. So you don't speak fraudulently, you don't speak deceitfully, and you don't speak, uh, remember, it's talking about speaking. Uh, it says keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Now, you don't think falsely, so I'm going to give you a full understanding of what that means. I'm sorry. And then, and then the first, I looked up the word evil related to this verse of scripture. And here are the, the meanings. It says bad, adversity, affliction, calamity, distress, harm, grief, grievously heavy, hurt, ill, mischief, misery, displeasure, sad, sore, sorrow, trouble, vex, wickedly, wicked, wickedness, and etc. I added the etc. because there's so many things. Now, so what he's saying here is, he's talking to you and me, believers, that we keep our tongue from evil. How, what does that mean? I told, I told Pastor Perlene, I'd rather go around and use all the cuss words and cuss, cuss all day long than use curse words. What is a curse word? It's a word that will, those are words that will allow curses to come upon you to operate against you. In other words, that word evil, once God said something, it's a fact. So anything that, only God only speaks good things, so if you're speaking bad things over your body, over your health, over your circumstances, all right? If you're always talking about, uh, your afflictions, if you're always talking about, you know, there's some people, there's some believers, people who accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they expect things to go wrong. Oh, man, things are going too good. I know something's going to happen. That's a curse. They teach them They're speaking over themselves. Huh? Yeah. Amen. Amen. They expect, they expect, you know, I've been feeling good for too long. I know something's going to happen. Man, I'll tell you, everything is just going good. Uh, and then in the back of their mind, sometimes, it, I'm, I'm, you know, I hope you don't say it, but even if you think it, don't open your mouth and say it. <laughs> Distress. If it ain't one thing, it's two if, more. Say it again. If, it, if, it, if it's not one thing, it's two more. Amen. That, yeah, if it's not one thing, it's two more just opening the door harm you know these are the things fear doubt unbelief all of this is is called misery it's called displeasure it's called sadness i mean sorrow trouble and we speak these things even like when you're going through stuff like i said going through when things you you know we know that you it's a you know we just read that scripture it says many are the afflictions of the righteous but the lord delivers us out of them all but the people that get delivered are the ones who seek the Lord in the matter and not the ones who accept the issue and then wait for the Lord to move. 
They have a hope, but not a godly kind of hope, where they expect only good. They hope God will do something about their situation. We don't ever want to be in that, have that posture. We want to reverence. We want to fear the Lord. We want to have that godly fear, not to where we're afraid of him, but where we reverence him above everything. Everything, because my life is hid in Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, we have an expectation of only good. That's what that's when you see hope in the Bible, Bible hope, as a matter of fact, goes over to Hebrews chapter eleven, Hebrews chapter eleven, and we're going to read verse one. What are you saying out of your mouth? What are you giving what <laughs> what are you giving authority to? I said this Sunday in church. And I know I rattled some cages, but I don't know if I, I don't know if I said it just to the church before we, we got on before we got on Facebook, but I'm gonna say it now. I said this. I said God can do nothing in this earth unless He does it for man. And then I said Satan can do nothing in this earth unless He does it through a man. Anybody know why? Um, is it is it because God gives us free will? Is that why? Close, close. Because all right, hold on one second. We'll come back to eleven. We'll come back to Hebrews eleven. Go to Genesis chapter. I'm going to show you something. Go to Genesis chapter. Genesis chapter one. Because we got right. the power to do. Jesus. You said humans were supposed to rule the earth? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Let's read it. Let's read it so you see it in the scripture and you'll know so y'all will stop calling me crazy or saying I'm speaking heresy. And God, and Genesis chapter 1, verse, start at verse 26, Pastor Perling, get after it. Yeah, no, just read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Genesis 1.26, and God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Keep reading. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he death. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, and the which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the earth, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it will sell. 
And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth. All right. So who had dominion in the earth? Man. Man. Yeah, I heard somebody said got power. That's right. Brother James, I think that was you. You were right. Power. Man had authority in the earth. God has never taken that authority away from man. You won't find anywhere in the Bible where he took that authority back. He gave authority over the man. Now, when the enemy came in, the, when the enemy came, how did he get? How did he get to take over the authority in the earth? Well, he man still had authority. He don't know he had authority because he anyway. So what? Who did Satan use to get his way in the earth? The serpent. Man. Like to a woman. The weaker vessel. The weaker vessel. Amen. Yeah. He, he used the man. He used the man because Adam, I mean, it all falls back on Adam because Adam could have even shut that down with Eve, but he didn't. So he used, my point is, I said this. I said Satan could do nothing in the earth unless man gave him permission. So man gave, man through, I mean, uh, Adam gave the enemy permission to do what he did in the earth. All right? What did God do to get his will done in the earth? He used men. He used willing men to do it. When he parted the Red Sea, who did he use? Moses. All right? When he put the plagues on the earth, who did he use? A man. All right? When he redeemed, listen, when he redeemed man, who did he use? Jesus. A man. Yes, Jesus the man. Amen. So, so when I say that, we shouldn't be alarmed because if you say that around religious people, they're like, you're crazy. You're crazy. And so that's why he needs man. Jesus Christ came to do the work. All right, let me ask you this. A man ruled, A man was to rule the earth, uh, Adam. All right? Now, y'all do know that man is, when after all is said and done, that man's going to live on the earth. Did you know that? Yes. And who's going to have all of the, who's going to rule the earth? Man. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, he's still going to have his body. He's still going to have his body. He's still, it's still going to, God's going to have what he intended to have from the beginning. That's my point. All right? Now, let's go back over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I mean, you don't hear this teaching very often. People... Everybody wants to remain in heaven. God said heaven wasn't made for man. You know, heaven wasn't, eternity is going to be here in the earth. Not, it may not be this earth. It's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Why would he make a new earth? He will, until such a time, we'll remind, and we're in Christ who is in heaven. When we die, we're in Christ. We're in and now. We're in Christ. And then he'll set it up. I'm not going to get into end times and all that. 
But um, I think we need to know some basic things. Now, let's go over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I don't know why I went over there in the first place, but anyway, here we go. We're talking about hope, and we're talking about a godly hope. We said there's man's hope where man prays and hopes God will do something on his behalf. The godly kind of hope is man prays and expects God to do something. In other words, when I pray God's word, when I pray the word of God, pray his promises, when I pray back to God what he said to me, I have an expectation for him to move. What's this? Now faith is the substance of things. There's two words I'm going to point out here today. Things, hopeful. I'm listening to Bible study. Hello? Okay. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now things, what things? Things that have already been established in heaven through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Godly things, kingdom things, a righteous man's thing. Now things are hoped for. What hope? What do you mean hope? Things that are expected. The expectation of only good. Now faith is the substance of things that have already been established in heaven, hoped for, which are expected, the God kind of hope, expected, right? The evidence of things not seen. Is anybody anybody getting this? Amen. Amen. So we have a different kind of hope. We have a godly hope. And that's why we don't line our mouths with the devil. That's why, going back over to Psalms, chapter 34, 13, that we don't speak bad things, negative things out of our, out of our mouth, that we don't, take, we don't lay hold to sickness and disease. We don't lay hold to things that are the curses, things that come upon us. We don't lay, lay hold things uh, to things that God didn't give us. We lay hold to his word. Why? Because we, we, reference, we, we reverence him. What does that mean? Or, or we fear him. That when he speaks, we make that our final authority. Do you know, listen, do you know that if you don't make God's word your final authority, you don't reverence him? Right. Think about that. Right, absolutely. Just think about that. We are the righteous. And the things that we should be speaking over ourselves is what the word says about the righteous. I'm going to give you a few of them. We've been over this many times, but some of you all haven't, so... And, and some of us need to be reminded of it again, what it, again, what it means to be righteous. I'll show you a couple of things. Uh, let's go back and look at, um, we're, we're right there in, in 34. I'm going to look at 33. Watch this. Watch this. <laughs> Glory to God. Oh, my, 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 my. Here we go. Psalms 33 and verse 1. And we'll read down, we'll just read through a couple of verses. All right. 
You want to read it, honey? Okay. Was it? Yes. Yeah. Or oh, anybody who wants to read, just say, I want to read. All right, go ahead. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye rejoice, for praise is comely. No, 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 no. Read that again. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. For praise is comely. Praise is com- What does that mean? It's natural. It's it's beautiful. It's natural. It's, right. For the upright. Who's the upright? We are. We are. Go ahead. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with the palstry and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. In the word of... Oh, oh, wait, let's stop. Let's park right there for a minute. The word of the Lord is right, meaning that his word is righteous. The word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. Go ahead. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Your healing comes by the breath of your mouth. Go ahead. He gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth, layeth up the depths and storehouses. Hmm. Let all the earth feel the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to north. Hmm. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. Amen. Let's stop right there. Well, you see what he says about you all? Amen. And, he, and, and brothers and sisters, he gave you... I love this. I gotta read the eleventh chapter. All right. The eleventh verse. 11th verse. Go ahead. It says, "The counsel of the Lord standeth forever." Say it again. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The thoughts of His heart to all generations, to all generations. So that comes against those who want to make the word relevant. Yes. His word is to His heart is for all generations. Mm-hmm. Glory be to God. You know, I'm going to talk about something for a minute. You know what the greatest limitation for a believer is? Anybody want to take a shot at it? Um, a shot at the greatest limitation? The greatest limitation for a believer. Ourselves? Our opinion. Our opinion. Yeah, that's, yeah, doubt, that's it. I mean, our, but our opinion is what causes doubt. The greatest limitation is our opinion. That's why you got nine billion different, you know, denominations. Our opinion. When God has one opinion. What? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We want to discover the truth about, you see, our opinion causes boundaries. Mm-hmm. And we want to get past those boundaries. And doing so, we have to overcome our limitations. How? By the glory of God. 
The glory of the Lord. Does anybody know what the glory of the Lord is? Yeah. It's his view, his opinion, and his and his reality. Uh, his reality. That's the that's the part that God wants us to understand about what his glory is. That's why I said Sunday, I said we are the glory of the Lord. What do I mean by that? It means that God only sees us through his view and his opinion and his reality. That's what you're talking about. Go ahead. You know a fantastic example of that? Give it to me. Is when a parent, when a parent is like, you know, it's like doesn't matter how bad that kid is. Everybody else sees how bad that kid is, but yeah. that parent only sees good. Right. Right. And you can tell them whatever, but they only see good. Right. He only sees Jesus. He only sees, that's what he says. Listen, the glory, you know, the glory of God has vast meaning. It has, you know, has a vast meaning. We know about the glory of God from, you know, people talk about glory clouds and all of these things. And, 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 and from the perspective, you know, we, we know about his magnificence and his brilliance and his splendor. Yes, that's all part of his glory. But when Jesus was working a miracle, the glory of God was being manifested. It was the glory of God that was being manifested because the people were seeing something that was it was a phenomenon to them. It was a message to them of God's presence, God's expression, and His love. That and that was that was something that wasn't common to them. But what's interesting about about the concept of the glory of God? That word actually comes from a, a Greek word meaning doxy or doxa, doxology, okay? All right, but the core meaning, the core meaning for you and I of the glory of God is the view, the opinion, and the reality of God. His view, his opinion, and his reality. So if, we, if we're operating in our own opinion, if our opinion is not his opinion, then what's happening? We're going to come up short. Amen? Amen. When Jesus healed the sick, yeah, when Jesus healed the sick, per, uh, sick person, it was because of God's view, God's opinion, and God's reality. And it, these, this is what was being manifested. It was God's opinion or view or reality that people should not be sick. Remember, when Jesus healed people, who was he healing? What people were he healing? He was healing the Jews. Because the Jews had covenant for healing. Now, he did heal people outside. You know, we know he healed the, uh, the centurion servant, and we know that he healed the Samaritan woman's daughter, right? We know about that. But that was because that was special faith that they had, and he, and, he, and he mentioned it. But Jesus, listen, when Jesus was healing the Jewish people, he was only doing the will of God. Turn over to, to uh, Exodus fifteen twenty six. They had a covenant for healing, brothers and sisters. And so, and so how did God see his people? 
So he was healing them. Uh, I'm going to show you another verse of Scripture. We've been to this too. What time is it? we got time. Go over to Luke. Go Read that verse, 1526. Exodus, Exodus 1526. And it says, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. They had a covenant for healing. I'll give you another example. So you, yeah, I'll give you another example so you can see it. This is important. Stay with me. Some of you have heard this before. doesn't hurt to hear it again. Luke chapter 13. See, the whole... The, and and I made a I made a statement here, so I wanna I wanna clarify it so you can understand what I mean. Why with when I said when Jesus healed people, it was God's view, God's opinion, and God's reality, because they had a covenant for healing. Now thirteen ten, of uh, matter of fact, somebody else read that for me. Thirteen ten of Luke. Can you find it? Yeah. Somebody please read this for me. And I want you to read all the way down to uh, verse 16. I'll read. Um, Thank you. Um, And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them, in um, them, therefore, come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord then answered him and said, "Thou hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound, lo, these eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day?" Look at that. Look at that. Look at verse, my focus is verse 16. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, now wait a minute now, Abraham had long been dead. 1,500 years or more. He'd long been dead. But he calls her a daughter of Abraham. What does that mean? Promise. It means that she was a covenant woman, that she came under the Abrahamic covenant. It says, ought not, look at what it says, ought not this woman being a covenant woman whom Satan has bound, because I didn't bound them, my God didn't bound them because she has a covenant for healing. And ought not this woman being a daughter, a covenant woman is what it's saying, whom Satan has bound, Lo, these 18 years, be loosed 
from this bond on the Sabbath day. She had a, in God's view and opinion, when Jesus healed her, he brought her back to God's view, God's opinion, and God's reality, his glory. That's the only reason, I mean, think about it. Being a daughter of Abraham, why would they put that there? Because she was a covenant woman, and she wasn't supposed to be sick. The same way you and I are covenant, we're his covenant children. Ought, today, we wouldn't say ought not these people being a daughter. Ought not be these people being the right, my righteousness, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, ought not they be loose? Hello? Amen. Pastor? Yes, dear. Excuse me, Pastor. Is it all right to um, have a scripture? Psalms 84. Say it again. Say it again. Psalms, Psalms 84, verse 11. Psalms 84, 11. Yes. Okay. Hang on one second. Mm-hmm. 84 comes after 83, right? <laughs> All right. There we go. Go ahead. There we go. Read that for us, sis. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk up Rightly. That's right. Glory be to God. Amen. Glory be to God. And look at verse 12. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth trusts in thee. No good thing. See, Amen. these are all promises of Jesus. And, and I know we're reading the Psalms. It's an Old Testament. But what you have to understand was David saw. these prophets, He knew what we had on this side. These are prophetic scriptures for us today because there was none really right. Righteousness was accounted to people back then. But we became the righteousness of God by the one who established righteousness through his obedience. See, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So my point was going back, when we talk about the glory of God here, you talk the grace of God is what? It's is God, man, only a good God could do this. Yes, on the Old Testament, his grace came up on people. He gave them the grace to perform certain duties. He favored them. Grace was more their favor in the Old Testament. Grace is not only our favor, but grace is his ability, his capacity, and his strength working in us so that we can do, so he can do in us what we could not do for ourselves. What Amen. we can't do in our own what we can't do in our own ability. You have his grace, and you have his glory. Mm-hmm. You are the brothers and sisters. If you're a born again believer on this call today, when God looks at you, he sees his glory. Thank you. Because he sees you. Thank you. Because he sees you through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Now Jesus sees all the other stuff, and Jesus is like, "Why aren't you walking in it? 
Why don't you have faith towards it? But when Jesus, he intercedes for you, so God only sees you through Christ. That's why you are the glory of God. I said this Sunday, holy, people talk about holy living and holiness being as the act of doing, you know, now, you know, we should walk in holiness, don't get me wrong, but holiness means that we're unique and, and we're uncommon because we're carriers. Holy in the Old Testament was always about a place. Mm-hmm. The holy men, when scripture talk about holy men, was because the presence of God would come upon them. We're holy because we're carriers of his presence. Yes. Oh, yes. Not because we do everything right, but we, we if you're born again, you're a carrier of his presence. You have the spirit of God Thank living you. on the inside of you. You have a recreated spirit that is filled with him. Oh, yes. Glory to God. Yes, Lord. I'm telling you, if we just look in the mirror, that, that scripture says, I talked about this Sunday, it's about looking at, and, and, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, Second Corinthians, how much time we got? We got two minutes. Might as well look at it. Second Corinthians uh, chapter three. Might as well look at it. Amen. Amen. And verse, uh, oh my gosh. Because Pastor, you be saying stuff and uh, I ain't never heard that and, and uh, you know, <laughs> let's just read it. I think it's Second Corinthians chapter two, eighteen. Where's eighteen at? Uh, uh, eighteen. No, it is. Oh, I'm in First Corinthians. That's why. I'm sorry. Oh, Second Corinthians three eighteen. I want you to see something. All right. Uh, let's start at verse. Let's. Oh my Lord. Let's start at verse 16. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we are, verse 18, with open faith, beholding, with open faith, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. When you look in the glass, what kind of glass is he talking about? A mirror. When you look in the mirror, you see yourself, right? Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it says, it says, but we all with open face beholding in the glass, when we look in the mirror, we see what? Our image. Do we see the glory of the Lord? He's telling you. Yes. And watch this. We see the glory of the Lord when we look in this mirror. Mm -hmm. And our chains, we're chained into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now the question is, what is the mirror? What's the mirror? Somebody tell me what the mirror is. Jesus Christ. It's the word of God. The what? What did you say? It's the word of God. It's this word. So when you look in the word, when you're studying the word, you're looking in a mirror. 
The word is telling you constantly who you are. That's right. This is the word that Paul's talking about here in the Pauline Revelation. Everywhere you look in a Pauline Revelation, you're going to see pictures of you. The glory of the Lord. It's, yeah, think about it. It says, but we all with open face behold us in the glass, the glory of the Lord. When we look in the mirror, we see the, the word of God. He's pointing out his glory. You, you, when you look in that mirror, he's saying this word is talking about you. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah. You're an heir. Oh, yeah. An heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. It's so awesome that the Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. When are you going to believe it? Yes, Lord. When are you going to believe the verse of Scripture when, in 417 of uh, 1 John? As he is, so are we in this world. When are you going to believe that you're a lover, that you have the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost? You, This is real. And that's why I said we don't speak evil. Going back over the 13th verse of chapter 34, and when he tells, when he talks about guile, uh, evil and guile, we don't speak those things. We don't speak against who we are. We don't let people tell, tell you, you're nobody's righteous. You shut up and get out of my face because I don't want to hear it. That ain't what the word says. And we got people so confused about the glory of the Lord, we got people looking up for outer uh, manifestations of God, looking for glory cows running through their church or through their house or whatever. When the glory of God is, is in the go look in the mirror. <laughs> hey, Paul. We're, listen, we're looking for miracles. It's wonderful that these people we talked about tonight were healed mm-hmm. cancer. And they were healed yeah. the sick. It's wonderful that they got delivered from those things. But the greatest miracle, when Jesus says, you, you know, these things I do, but greater miracles you're going to do. You're going to do something that I can't do while I'm in this earth right now. You're going to get people mm-hmm. saved. The greatest mm-hmm. miracle is that we can get people, that people get saved every day, and we don't celebrate that. We don't even so attempt true. to perform the miracle. Mm-hmm. We don't even, when you get people saved, you perform, God performs a miracle through you. Everything else is a plus. Yeah, praise God. Everything else is the glory of God. When Zeke got healed, when they said no more cancer, that was the glory of God. That's how God sees him. Yes, Lord. You see, we won't be surprised anymore when we understand who we are. We'll just be thankful. Yes. Oh, yes, thankful and grateful. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because we're going to begin with seeing the glory of the Lord. God sees the glory of the Lord. When those folks got healed, they're both believers. When they got healed, God, I mean, God, well, I mean, they're righteous. They're supposed to be healed. What do you mean? Why are you so surprised by that? Why are believers surprised when blind eyes are open? Hmm. Because we don't have an expectancy. Amen. Mm-mm-mm. Get your expectancy. Amen. Get in that word. Look in that mirror. Find out who you are. 
and start talking like and act like. Don't speak against who God made. You. Don't speak against who God made you to be. It's through Christ yeah. Jesus. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to see people get delivered and set free, and we're just going to celebrate. We're going to have these testimonies. God's going to, we're going to start giving our testimonies every day. When people get saved, you're going to make more noise about that than you would if somebody grew out a leg. Because somebody's not going to hell. Because that person could go to heaven without a leg, but that dude can't go to heaven without, without Jesus. Right. Amen. Glory to God. I love you all. God bless you. Um, somebody's going to pray us out for now. You're going to pray us out. Greg, you there? Well, Pastor Brilliant said, James Manley, you there? <laughs> yep. Pray us out, please. Hello? All right. Yeah, pray us out. Would you? Uh huh. Yeah. Father, we come to you through your son, Jesus. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, Lord. We thank you for this wonderful Bible study that we had tonight, Lord. Lord, understanding your word, Lord, and getting your word, Lord, the full, getting a full understanding of your word, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, We just thank you for it, Lord, and we thank you for our pastors, Lord, that they take time to do this and it's it's their ministry, Lord, and we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 We love we love each and every one of y'all. Anybody amen. have any comments? Anybody have any questions, comments, or any any questions, comments, or any testimony, or any prayer requests? Just grateful for the lesson tonight. Praise God. Thank you. We thank God. Thank Jesus for it. And we thank God for you. I'm everyone that, um, that you were talking about with um, doing like the Hebrew translation that I'm going to send to right. um, Pastor Perlene that she can um, look oh. and send to everybody if they don't have a um, a way to do their Bible study with the Hebrew translation. Wonderful. And it's really easy to maneuver too. Okay. Wonderful. She said she just she did get it. Thank you for that. Mhm. And it's free. Well, praise God. We like free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, praise God. We thank God for all of you all that get on this call. And, Father, we just thank you that you, every one of them are blessed already and that we all learn to walk and live in who you created us to be through Jesus, recreated us to be through Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Love thank y'all. We love you all, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you all right to me. Okay. Amen. Who's that talking? Hi. Hi, baby. Oh, sorry. Yeah.